Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Soul Survivor Podcast. We just finished watching episode three of season 39, and we're really excited to get going tonight. I'm your host, Dylan Bird, along with my co-host, Jordan Heffler. Good morning, guys. How are you doing tonight, Heff? Dylan, I'll tell you, my heart is racing. We're coming fresh off episode three, second episode of The Blind Side in a row. I mean, you really just can't beat it. We are in peak Survivor really early in the season. No better feeling. Absolutely love it. So let's get right down to the play-by-play of the episode. Uh, Episode 3 opens up. We have Jamal, who is clearly upset that he just got blindsided last episode. You know, obviously each episode always starts with, you know, the camp that just went to Tribal back at camp once they finished Tribal. And, you know, Jamal looks like he's very hurt. And I gotta say, Jamal looks like the guy who you you don't want to turn on him. That's simple as that. Yeah, it was pretty interesting to see what Jamal was doing. Usually when somebody gets blindsided or is on the wrong side of a blindside, they are really panicky and want to do as much as they can to get back on the right side of the numbers. But he was playing it like he was ready to make a move. He wasn't even in the position to be on the right side of the numbers, and he's already planning out making the next blindside. It was pretty crazy. So clearly he's going based on like emotion. He's just like not even thinking about the numbers. It's just like, I don't trust anyone. I want to make a move on one of them. Not even thinking about, well, I'm going to be on the wrong side of the numbers if I do do that. And, you know, I thought it was very strange. You know, he calls out Dan's name and is like, let's make a big move and starts talking to other people. And then, you know, the you know the camera turns to Janet and Tommy who are talking. And, you know, Tommy's like, I don't know, like, make voting Dan would be a, would be a big move at this point of the game. And then Janet's like, well, what about Jamal? So I, I have to say, so far, I'm very impressed with Janet. Um... You know, she she definitely has already overcame that stereotype of being the older woman on the season, and she's been very impressive right so far. I, I I tweeted this out from our account at Soul Survivor Pod earlier in the episode. She's very methodical. She definitely knows what she's doing, and I was impressed when she brought up Jamal's name like that. Yeah, she could be a huge social threat. Everybody seems to get along with her. Everybody seems to be talking to her when they want to make a big move in this game, and. She's something you really have. To, she's someone you really have to look out for. She's pretty conniving, low key, and you wouldn't really expect it from again that prototypical old woman on the season, right? And you know, obviously, we'll talk about her challenge performance later in the episode. But she was strong. Yeah, she she's been she's been pretty solid. She had a little bit of a slip up, um, getting untying the knot underwater today. But other than that, she was good. We'll get to that later. Um, now we flip to the next part of the episode where Karishma. Cuts open her hands. Very bizarre, very bizarre moment, by the way. Karishma cuts open her hand. She says she could see the bone. Disgusting. Absolutely so, yeah, disgusting. Absolutely a little too graphic from CBS tonight, in my opinion. But thank God I couldn't see the bone. And I'm, I'm, I want to start with this. I'm shocked that this doesn't happen more often. You're, you're cutting a small piece of flint with a machete. How does that? How do people get cut? Not as often. So. I would have to say that people probably do get cut, but maybe she just had a direct hit on her finger. Anyway, she says she could see the bone. She lays down because she's nauseous from looking at her own bone. And then the camera shows nobody at her camp is helping her at all. <laughs> nobody even goes up to her at all. Very weird, very bizarre moment. You know, you had to feel bad for her in that moment. Clearly she was, you know, in pain, very nauseous. And I don't know why the rest of the camp didn't acknowledge her it's very strange very weird especially this early in the season i'm still laughing at that one shot where you see her on the ground her face in the dirt blood seeping from her hand and you just see people eating rice 
pretending like nothing's going on when they clearly know she's agonizing in pain. I'm still laughing about it. And like you said, it's it's we're not we're not laughing at the fact that you know she was hurt. Obviously, we felt bad for. Her. It's just laughably ridiculous that not a single person even acknowledged her. I mean, so ridiculous. And um, Rick Evans from season 38 happened to tweet out, "I have not played Survivor with a single person that would not have gone over." to her so i'm not sure if they just didn't realize what was going on but it was a very bizarre moment she was obviously very hurt by it and you know honestly it was foreshadow foreshadowing for things to come later in the episode yeah so moving forward i guess right when they're starting to plan out who's gonna get who's gonna get uh who's gonna get voted out they see a boat coming up right perfect timing right exactly so boat comes up and what is it for islands of the idols once again somebody else has to go this time it's Vince. Vince gets on the boat, and then they're all like worried, like, oh, like we've already been thinking about voting out Vince in the past. Like now's the perfect opportunity to do it, considering he's going to Islands of the Idols. We don't know what exactly he's going into there. The only person who knew that was Elizabeth. And all of a sudden, Dean is like, yeah, Vince and split votes. Come on, dude. What do you what are you thinking there? Really, nothing to be said here. Literally every single person on the tribe was with him. Really unnecessary. As you said, everybody was thinking it, and he understood how stupid it was in the moment. But I was really, what are you thinking there, dude? Yeah, so if, if you don't remember what, I, what we're referring to here, Dean was with every single person on the tribe except for Vince and set the split votes, meaning that somebody there was going to be the person they were going to be splitting the votes against. So very, very, uh, very clearly he's still in the early stage of the game. Uh, mentally, but yeah, that was that was just a very funny moment, especially later in the episode when he referred to it again when he was holding up his vote. But now we get to you know Island of the Idols here, the Vince challenge. Oh my God, I I don't even know what to say about it because that is not what I not anything I expected to even. I, I I had no idea what was coming, but I did not expect anything like what Vince had to do. Yeah, so the idea of the challenge was to stay calm under pressure, and I had no idea what Rob and Sanjo were going to give him there. I thought they were going to give him something like making fire and having to do it under a certain amount of time. I had no idea that they would actually have him go on to the next island with the, with the competing tribe and try to steal their fire. Just a completely outrageous challenge. I don't know what I would have thought in the moment, but I'll tell you what I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have just jumped at it right away like he did. He seemed like he seemed like it was a no-brainer. Something was something that sounded insanely hard. So I'm I'm pretty curious what the the bargain was going to be had he had he you know hesitated a little bit on whether he was going to do it or not because we've seen it in the past. Rob and Sandra have lowered their offers in the past, so I'm sure he still would have had to go to the to the other tribes camp. But I'm not exactly sure if they would have made him go that far. Um, it's interesting to see because he did just jump right at the opportunity. And then all of a sudden you have Sandra who's like, you know what, I'm going to military train him, which I thought was a hilarious scene. Yeah, it was pretty funny to see. I actually didn't even know that Sandra had military experience, but seeing her army crawl and see Boston Rob couldn't even hold back his laughter as he was watching uh, Vince and Sandra crawl under some log he was holding up. Yeah, they, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. I'm sure there's a ton of videos and GIFs out there on Twitter right now that, um, so yeah, so not, not only, so that here's what I was really laughing at. So not only are they, are they, you know, uh, crawling on the ground, like preparing for him to like sneak into camp. She's (laughs) 
there was a small cutaway where she's showing him how to like guard himself with leaves as if he's like trying to camouflage into the camp. So I just thought this was all hilarious. It was definitely, I have to say for the Survivor producers, that was absolutely great TV. Um, definitely a very unexpected challenge here at Islands of the Idols. And now let's talk about what actually happened when he got there. Of course, you know, the scene is set, thunderstorms and everything seemed kind of like a perfect perfect type of weather to be happening during all this, except for when, when, when rain comes, the fire goes out, unless you keep your fire dry, and they didn't. So he gets there, the fire's out, and I would not have known what to do if the fire was out, but, he, but Vince did a pretty good job of, no, of figuring it out. Yeah, hat off to Vince. I probably would have panicked. I don't know what I would have done. I would try. I would maybe would have tried to steal their flint and then light a fire and then just go along with that. But he was really. He thought really well in spur of the moment. I guess he did keep calm under pressure. He stole the ashes from the fire that had gone out earlier that night and just stuffed it in his water bottle. Really genius. Hat off to Vince there. So, I thought another hilarious scene. So this this was just like a some great TV, but. Another hilarious scene is when he gets there, and I don't know who it was in the in the um, the camp when they were sleeping. Just has a bad dream out of nowhere and pops up, and everyone's like, "What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong?" And then, and she was just like, "It was a bad dream," and they all just fall back to sleep. Like, could you imagine what would have happened had he been? Absolutely absurd. I would. I thought she woke up and was scared by Vince like lurking in the woods. I. It was really crazy, insanely perfect timing that as he was. As he was crawling up to the camp, she started going, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> It was impeccably timed. Somehow, nobody stayed up after that. They all crashed on some bamboo. I don't know how you stay, sleep, stay sleeping well after that, but just an incredible scene. And I'm not sure, again, I'm not sure if they edited it so that all this seemed like it was happening at the same time, when maybe it was just happening at other points during that night, and they kind of made it seem like it, but I... They made it seem like that they were actually really moving around while Vince was actually there. And I think that uh, me and Hef brought up a good point. If he just put on his hood like he did and guarded his face, had I been sleeping and woke up and saw somebody by the fire with a hood, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I just would have thought somebody got up in the middle of the night, was trying to fix the fire. So I think it was, again, very smart for Vince to put on the hood, um, something that seems so simple that, you know, really, really was good by him and very, you know, calm under pressure in the moment yeah i mean it's pitch black there's still nine people in the tribe at that point so it's not like there's three and you know if somebody has left the uh has left the shelter it's pitch black he just goes and tends to the fire it could literally be anybody on the tribe at that point and really flawless execution by vince there and i have to say what do you think would have happened what do you think would have happened had somebody actually woken up and been like like, what? like, what's going on here? I really have no idea what would have happened. That would have been hilarious to see. So you got to think that Vince went into it having a plan B. I think that if it were me, I probably would have said, I'm, on, I'm coming from the Island of the Idols. I was supposed to give, or give an immunity idol or give an advantage to the game to somebody else in the tribe if I, unless I got caught, which I just did, so I can't do it. You got to have some kind of plan B. I don't know what he would have done, but... It would have been one of the more interesting scenes in Survivor history. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if he would have just ran or if he had a story planned like that. Definitely interesting to think about. We'll, I'm sh- I want to say that stuff like this is probably going to come up later in the season if we're getting that crazy with challenges in Episode 3. Um, but now, let's move to the immunity challenge. Very, very original, interesting immunity challenge. Unreal challenge. Yeah, and you know, you see the water 
and immediately you're thinking, well, uh, Laro has an advantage because of the because of Elizabeth. She's the Olympic swimmer, and here's where I want to bring up Janet again. Janet almost kept pace with her for the actual swimming part until they had to dive underwater to get the to untie the knot, and then Janet struggled a little bit. She took like three tries to get under, but I have to say. She did a great job to keep up with Elizabeth in this challenge. And then we have the balancing part, which was absolutely ridiculous, something that I have not seen on Survivor before. It was very original, and Survivor never ceases to amaze with that kind of stuff. Yeah, the balance beam was absolutely insane. I was screaming during it because you got Missy climbing over people, trying to balance, and something that might have flown under the radar. It was very, very hard to reach those bags. You got to have like a seven-foot wingspan to easily reach it, and... I know uh, Jason was used to balance and help the other person grab the grab the bag. It was uh, ins- Kelly, Kelly, that's it. Yes, Kelly. It was insanely, insanely hard, and not just the balancing, having to reach the bag and untie it. It was a very, very difficult part of a of a very early challenge. Right. So you saw Missy even struggling, and Missy seems to be a lot bigger than Kelly. I know she's a former basketball player, so I assume she is. She does have Kelly by a lot on height, but even she was struggling with it. Um, the uh, their the Vokai tribe had uh, the right idea to have Jason hold Kelly while she was doing it because that allowed her to reach out more without falling. But even at the same time, you had to have the rest of your tribe balance the weight perfectly so that the whole thing didn't flip didn't flip over one way while this person was trying to grab the keys. Like that could have been catastrophic had that happened. Everyone would have had to go right back up and try to regain their whole balance. It would have been a huge setback. Obscure reference, but that reminds me of a scene in National Treasure when uh, they're trying to escape from uh, the underground and they're all on a they're all on a balancing surface. Very obscure reference, but it was really similar. Nick Cage was the last one on. I haven't seen National Treasure, so I have no idea, but sure. Great Nick Cage movie. So anyway um, even with Liz- with the advantage from Elizabeth, and even with the advantage that Missy was able to get them on the balance beam, somehow Vokai managed to blow the lead. Yeah, I mean, the puzzle happened. You have Dean and Karishma that get on the puzzle. Looked like mostly Karishma. And next thing you know, we have Jamal and Lauren on the other tribe who are, who are flying through the puzzle. It looked like even they were flying through the puzzle before, Kar- before um, Lyro even had three or four pieces and it was an absolute blowout in the puzzle um something i you know i didn't expect it expect it to be i expected it to be close especially when they both kind of got there at the same time and it just wasn't close uh vokai came with the victory lyra loses and obviously as you would expect karishma is the first name thrown out when they get back to camp yeah dean somehow flew under the radar there he was maybe equally at fault in terms of losing the losing the puzzle it was dean and karishma that were on the uh, the fish puzzle yet karishma was the one getting on the blame i guess it's because i guess it was edited that way that she got all the airtime but dean really lucked out on this one he could have easily been the, he could have absolutely been the scapegoat on this and it's funny you mentioned that because i did see a tweet i believe also rick devins i guess he's pretty good at live tweeting but he you know he kind of had a gif with like somebody like backing away and was like dean during the puzzle and that's literally what happens. Like he, he, him, and Karishma were doing the puzzle, and then he kind of just backed away and let Karishma do it and take the blame. Which honestly, smart move for him because he got absolutely no blame when they got back to camp. I just guess they assume he's young, um, he's physically fit, so they're gonna need him in the future anyway. But very smart for him just to not just stand there and act like he didn't know what he was doing and have Karishma get kind of that blame. So I have to give him credit for that. I gotta say. 
that's the stuff I like to see. I have Dean on my fantasy team, so that that sneaky play, that's something I like to see. Right. So now let's talk about what happened when they got when they got back to camp. Um, I thought it was it was kind of all over the place. I couldn't really tell what was going on, um, but it was it was an interesting scene with Karishma and Vince, where Vince was Vince was like hounding her, like you got to tell me a name, you got to tell me a name, you got to tell me a name, and she was very hesitant. She seemed Karishma seemed very hesitant to talk to anybody at tri- at before tribal council, and honestly, like. Like I, I'm, I'm like I don't know if the edit just just had Karishma seem like a quiet one, or was she not scrambling at all, like with her name, with the her name on the block here, like. So she seemed panicked, but it didn't seem like she was to the point where she was scrambling and trying to get any excuse out there about how she deserves to stay or trying to pin the blame on anybody else. Really scrambling in that way, she seemed pretty, pretty like struck in that she was so nervous she couldn't get anything out and whether she was talking to Vince before the tribal or even during the tribal she really did not exhibit herself in a good way I mean if it was me out there I would have been trying to say whatever I could to to present my value or show how somebody else is less valuable to the tribe she really did not do a good job selling herself right so I originally thought it was going to be Karishma going home um but you know the all girls alliance did prevail in the end but the girls had to value do we keep Vince around? Vince is somebody who's willing to pair with us and vote Tom because then we could get Vince with us and have Karishma and then we have a, I believe it would be a 6-3 advantage on the numbers. So it wouldn't have made sense for them to uh, keep Vince and vote Karishma, but it would it it would have made sense for them to vote Tom and keep both of them. And obviously they decided against that. They went with the original idea, which was all the girls vote for Vince, which was five, and the guys, not named Vince obviously, vote for Karishma. So Yeah, so I guess the girls decided that even though Vince would be a sixth member of their voting block and would be a nice number for them in votes going forward, the threat of him having an immunity idol after coming back from Island of the Idols was enough that they wanted to turn on him and vote him out. Right, so quick thing I want to talk about. Um I was that I was I was excited to see Karishma get up and start talking to people at tribal council to make sure that their original plan was going to stay and they were going to vote Vince and not her. Um, it's always great to see that, especially having Survivor edit her to seem like she's the one who's very quiet. It was great to see her you know, stand up for herself at tribal council and make sure she wasn't going home. Also, I thought it was pretty funny that Tom was so overconfident and then he, it looked like he was a little bit nervous at the end when Karishma got up to start talking to everyone. He's like, oh, like... Like it's an act, it's an act. Like everyone just vote already, and then just like just like that, it ends up being Vince. So that's why I didn't think it was gonna be Vince. Is because they were mainly focused on Tom and Karishma and Tribal. Plus, Vince was so confident he didn't even play his idol, which we could talk about that. Yeah. So I first want to touch on Tom. Two sides of the coin there. It was embarrassing for him to be caught sleeping and being really nonchalant before the Tribal Council because he was too confident, even though his name was being put out there. So. Bad look for him, but a very good call during Tribal Council for uh, for calling Karishma out. She tried to stir some panic in everybody else when she, when she whispered to all the girls. Very good call out. It didn't work for her at all. But, as we were going to say, um, back to Vince. Very, very embarrassing to leave without an idol. To leave with an idol, I should say. I mean, how can you have an idol in your pocket and not play it? That's the decision that will haunt you for literally forever for the rest of your life. Sandra called him out for it right away as she whispered to Boston Rob. I mean, just an absolutely devastating thing to happen. Right, and I also think it's interesting that 
Robin Sandra, again, I, I know I mention this every week, the Spy Shack is phenomenal, and I think it's funny that Robin Sandra, a lot of the times they get to see the person that they just spoke to for all those hours go to Tribal Council and actually how he performs in a real pressure setting like Tribal Council. Yeah, I think he and, was too calm. Yeah, and they were, and I think that, yeah, right. That's, too, that's, cal- that, too calm under pressure. Right, that's actually a great point. He had the lesson of how to stay calm under pressure. He was too calm under pressure in the end, ends up getting voted out with the idol in his pocket, and you saw Sandro and Rob were like, oh my god, like this is a- this actually is happening for the first time this season where we give somebody an idol and they get voted out right away. Dylan, put yourself in Vince's shoes there. Obviously, if you come back from Island of the Idols, you're going to have a target on your back, and this idol is only good for two tribal councils. Why is he not going to play it there? He clearly has a target on his back. I'm sure he expects to be spoken about while he's gone and, wh- and to have his name put out there before the vote. How does he just... How does he just feel that confident? Yeah, so a very interesting point you make. He he did he did make a comment when they were back at camp, and he was talking about how Karishma was such a weak, easy vote. I think that that made him feel so overconfident coming into Tribal Council, and because of that performance by Karishma and her her issues her issues with. You know, she, she she was kind of quiet and everything. Her issues with the challenge. He felt like she was definitely going to be the one going home. And he told her to vote Tom. So he definitely thought it was either one of them. He did not think it was him. And, you know, obviously, as we said, Vince ended up being too calm under pressure. Very interesting that that happens, considering what the theme of the Island of the Idols was. Yeah, so Vince is gone. He's going he's gonna to regret that decision for the rest of his life. Do you want to talk about who you like going forward? First... I want to give a shout out to Dean. I know I mentioned this before, but he brought up he brought up the joke about him splitting votes when he held his vote up at Tribal Council. He's like, as he goes, I know that this is going to end up playing for Vince, and it was a vote for Karishma because that's what they had agreed on. And he said, as someone once famously said, split the vote and held up his vote. That was funny. That was phenomenal. That's my uh, boy right there. Yeah, I'm excited to see Vince to see Dean going forward. Actually, um, especially because you know they put that in of him making kind of a dumb comment. And I'm curious to see if he if they play the narrative that he kind of turns himself around and like checks starts checking in mentally and like really gets in the game. Definitely possible, but remember at the end of the episode, the sneak peek into episode four, little budding romance between two of my fantasy players actually, Chelsea and Dean. Do you get do you get fantasy points for that? You should. That is actually not in the criteria, but you absolutely should. Probably because it's so uncommon since it's a pretty fatal move. If you have two people buddying up, especially if they're of the opposite sex. Really, really dangerous. Going to have some targets in your back because, obviously, if you have a budding romance, you're going to want to take each, other to the mer- take, each other, take each other to the merge. That's like having, like, a QB to a wide receiver in fantasy football. I pretty, like, you should, you should, like, it's just, like, it's a pair, but, like, if, 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 one, Absolutely. if, one, if one does bad, then they both do bad. Like, that's, that's what it is, you mm-hmm. know? So, we could, we could actually get into our... Jeff Probst imitations right now. Um, Hef over here has, as as I said last episode, Hef has a really good imitation of Jeff Probst. As you guys heard him say, come on in, guys, at the beginning of the episode. And now, each week, we're doing a segment at the end of the podcast where we take two lines or three lines from the episode that we just watched, and he's going to imitate it from Jeff's voice. So here we go. So let me set the scene first, Bird. We have Vokai with a huge comeback. They're about to finish the fish puzzle. Finally, Jamal throws up his hand, say, Jeff, we have it, and scene. 
Fukai has it! Fukai wins immunity and reward, sending Lyra to tribal! But before that, during the actual challenge, we had Janet, who took three times, as I said, to get down and untie the actual key or the, the puzzle pieces at the, at the end. And you had Jeff yell something to Janet. Here it is. Let's go, Janet! Kick it into gear! Those are your two Jeff Probst imitations this week. Brought to you by Jordan Heffler. And I gotta say, you get better and better every week. Thank you. I mean, I, it's truly an art. Something I have not mastered yet, but I'm really devoting my my entire free time to. Shout out Jeff Probst. I'd really like to be on the show. And I really and if I can't get on the show, I'd love to shout to you for a day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I want to thank everyone for listening. Once again, another edition of the Soul Survivor podcast. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you could... Follow us at Soul Survivor Pod. Thanks again, everyone. Grab your torches, head back to camp. Good night.